0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bytes. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week. So you can keep your finger on the pulse, on your way to work, at the gym, wherever and whenever you have time to get updated. Please remember that this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Stay tuned for additional disclosures at the end of today's episode. So, are you ready? Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special podcast episode today. Uh, I'm joined by our editor-in-chief here at eToro, Matty Alon. Matty, how are you? Fantastic. Everything is great.
1: Uh, Yeah, happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you with us today. We wanted to talk about rebalancing, uh, whether that be for an index or in one's portfolio, But maybe you could shed some light on why exactly we wanted to do this episode.
1: Well, you know, I've I've been until now almost 24 years as a money manager. And although I quit managing money for uh, other people, I'm managing my own portfolio now. And 31st of December for me is always a very unique uh, time because I always say the 31st of December is what counts, right? Also for my investor, because that's the time you collect the performance fee if you did perform. Uh, for me, it was only performance fee, not uh, management fee uh, back then when I was having the hedge fund. So, I mean, part of the really important thing is always and constantly think about how to stress or I'm sorry, not stress, but how to position your portfolio to make sure that it will continue to offer the risk reward as uh, the best risk reward for you because you know I'm competing with one thing and it's beating the S&P 500. And if I want to beat the S&P 500, so I need to be active and and make sure that uh, my portfolio is set up for that. And I think... Not many people recognize that. Not many people do it. And, you know, it's an extremely essential thing to do. Uh, so you and I just spoke about it and we said, you know what, why don't we do something about it? We really searched the network and we couldn't find something, you know, given a bit more detail. So uh, when you invite me, I always
0: straight coming. So, you know. Yeah, I, I think it was, uh, it's essential to do. And it's crazy that it wasn't really talked about too much. I think retail investors are going to benefit from this a lot. And, and just on that note, please do remember if you're watching on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, let us know in the chat, if you have rebalanced, how often you rebalance and how 2023 uh, fared for you and what that leads to this year. Uh, I guess the first question, Matty, is what is the purpose Of rebalancing a portfolio but also what are the benefits
1: yeah so the purpose is is you know when you're active manager and even if you're not an active manager is first getting you uh to be active in the understanding of what's the position of your portfolio from risk reward perspective as i said in the intro but not just that it's also giving you again to give a deep thought for every company you hold and not just look at the numbers, maybe do some uh, retest for other things that you may didn't do in the past period where you didn't do the rebalance uh, and really set up yourself for the year start. For money manager, it can be because they are getting some uh, redemption or, uh, you know, getting more funds, uh, so definitely, you need to decide where to put those, uh, where to put those funds uh, to work for the coming year. Um, looking from perspective of what's the rebalance uh, that the S and P is doing, it's also really essential uh, because those indexes, not just the S and P, constantly doing rebalancing as well. Just because we are also doing it, and it's always like a game of competition who's rebalancing and who's choosing the best companies uh so you know this is part of the game
0: yeah absolutely and, and just speaking on of the S&P 500 there I mean how often does that actually go or undergo a rebalancing
1: so the S&P and I think most indexes uh etfs and then all those are are definitely doing it every quarter uh so march june
0: september and uh, december yeah it's quite interesting i i I imagine if people want to think about the s&p 500 like a sports coach and then every quarter they go right Yet yeah, you're out. You haven't performed that well. Your market cap has gone down. I'm going to bring someone else in. Um, I think that's quite a good way of thinking about it. But what, why should investors even care? And also, following on that, what are the pros and cons of an index doing a rebalancing?
1: Yeah, so first it, it's worth... Uh, telling people that not necessarily know but for some people it sounds like the index uh, is like uh, you know passive investing that they're not doing anything but uh, actually there is a committee in each index sitting thinking about uh, you know getting companies in and out although it's not that frequent it's not magnitude it can be maybe just change of three companies but they do have set of rules and those set of rules include market cap include uh, exposure right i mean uh, uh, i think i saw yesterday that apple represents almost sort of uh give or take 7% of the portfolio so you know the s&p committee can come and say okay we need to reduce it to 6% because the uh, abc right uh, so this is why it's really important to see it as i said before you know to see that what the s&p is going to look like a bit more rebalanced for the coming year so that's the first thing um the pros and cons on this point is you know i mean just think about it this way and we'll use the s&p p s&p mm-hmm. 500 is Probably one of the largest uh, invested ETFs uh, or index, if you may, uh, in the world. Maybe QQQ is also one of them, the Nasdaq. But if the S and P 500 is taking out a company, it means that there are so many capital should be sold at one day. Mm. Uh, that it's definitely going to influence your share price. I'm not saying it's going to influence your valuation, the, the, I'm sorry, the intrinsic value of the business, but definitely it's going to affect your share price. And the contrarian, right? I mean, if you get some company, go into the uh, index, so you can see some major flows for these specific uh, companies. And actually, I don't know if you remember, but uh, Tesla, when it entered the S&P 500, it was insanely like reacting to that. And, you know, it's not just Tesla. If we look at Uber recently when the S&P did the rebalance. So when they uh, announced from the day of the announcement in in the past like seven days or something after the announcement, they jumped 7%, right? Um, So it, it is having a big effect on it um and i think people should look at it uh, and and just understand that SP is no different than we are managing our own portfolio and need to rebound
0: yeah it's really interesting and actually uber is a great example and people can check out the the share price of uber uh, themselves but what we found as well is, is studies of when companies do get announced that in the future, they're joining the S&P 500, like Uber, like it would have been, I think it was December the 18th. You saw that build up into the release or the announcement or the confirmation of it where share price Mm -hmm. went higher. And then actually what's happened since is it's kind of gone sideways. It's almost like a buy the rumor, sell the fact. And that's not to say Uber can't go higher because of Uh course it can, but it's like, okay, up on the rumor and then people would almost take a bit of profit on the confirmation because that story's happened now so for those people that want to understand the rebalancing it's great but also from individual investors in that specific stock it's important to know that just because the market is or uber has gone down recently in the last month that's not a bad thing it's just you know still uh you know taking effect yeah. on that story um when i we would talk-
1: say i i would just I would just interrupt on this one because I think it's also important. I I already mentioned that about the, the intrinsic value Uh, and and it's important to acknowledge that for any type of investor, the fact that the company is entering or going out and the price is changing is just a technical uh, pure technical behavior because actual money is flowing out or in to the specific company when you're, Uh, including it or uh, excluding it from an index. So it's really important to understand that it's generally something a short-term lived. So the company can go up, but can go sideways, as you said, but it also can go down after a week or two because people took money out of the table if it's day traders or or a uh, 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 short-term investor. That's one thing. But I would say that over the long term, it, are, it is important if a company is part of the S&P yeah. 500, if a company is not part of the S&P 500 anymore, right? Because, I mean, especially in the S&P 500, when we are looking at companies that we believe to continue to grow, to continue to represent the, the, the largest U.S. companies and, and all those things, it is important if you take one company yeah. out, it means something changing this company and vice versa. So that's just the two points i really wanted
0: to make yeah i'd love to see like the all-time stats on when companies are taking out the s&p 500 yeah. what's their performance 6 12 18 months down the line i think it'd be quite telling um for our next question matty i'm going to embarrass you a little bit because for people that don't know you used to rub shoulders with the likes of warren buffett charlie munger you know you're uh <laughs> you, you know you've had a incredible career so i guess on one part i'm going to ask you to speak a little bit about what you noticed about them but also when we talk about um you know portfolios how often does rebalancing take place you know for the big players like say your warren Buffetts or hedge fund managers to also the small investors does it vary much have you found
1: uh so first you mentioned charlie and i cannot uh, you know say how how I'm really sad on the yeah. loss of this person. Uh, you know, he was like a really sort of a mentor. All his work was mentoring to so many people. And you will be missing, especially his daily journal uh, hours of giving uh, pure knowledge, free for everybody. Uh, so rest in peace, Charlie. Uh, so in a, in, in, you know, uh, sharp switch back to, the, the, to your question, I would split it into two. First is the hedge fund uh, that limits themselves to specific strategies. So let's say, for example, a hedge fund decide that I'm 80-20, okay? Mm-hmm. If I'm an 80-20 uh, type of fund, so 80%, let's say, yep. stocks and 20% uh, bonds, so by fact, I have to rebalance my portfolio no matter what, Okay. No matter what. Or let's say I'm a type of uh, hedge fund that decide that no uh, company exposure can cross the 5% of my asset. And let's say it's a huge uh, 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 hedge fund or it's an institution like BlackRock. We understand that this is a massive either inflow or outflow from a particular name. Uh, Let's say if it's not a trillion dollar company, but it's $20 billion company, which we have many of them in the world. Um, So that's one of the triggers. The other one is the, I would say, more value style investors or more fundamental biased investors that don't have those rules, but they do have The risk reward, just I refer in the beginning, and that's how I was doing it to myself, is that if it makes sense to continue holding this company, because let's say, for example, it went up this year Mm -hmm. 100%, the rest of my portfolio is up only 2%. So this company became a large part of my portfolio, and it doesn't have the same upside that it had before. So that's when I would try and think, wait, so I still like the company, but the exposure to the company is way too big to my portfolio or the company become expensive and you know what, maybe not expensive to sell everything, but it became uh, close to fully priced and you decide, okay, I would just take some chips out of the table, right? I don't like the analogy of chips. It's more for trading, but you know, I'm I'm just trying to, to simplify it. So I think that's how you would think about it. Buffett and Charlie specifically, and probably the deep value investor, uh, the, I would say the long-term value investors are less uh, looking at that this way. They are holding as long as the value is still there and mm-hmm. as long as the company is still growing. And, uh, because they look at like holding the business. They don't look yeah. really at holding a stock price. But the deep value guys, uh, the old fashioned that buying the 50 cents on the dollar and those types of investment taking advantage when there are some uh, major news, just look what happened to the banks in the beginning of the year or what happened, you know, you and I spoke about the uh, meta and the other tech like Google. So some people just took the advantage in 2022 or the beginning of this year, but some asset and those assets skyrocketed 100%, 200%, and they decide, okay, I want to move to the next trade, right? Or if you buy in 50 cent on the dollar and it closed and now it's one to one, and you think, okay, that's the trade I wanted to do, I want to close it. You can still be a sort of medium to long-term investor. I'm sorry, a medium, yeah, medium to long-term investor. It can be one year, two years, and you close the trade and you just rebalance. Um, but The constantly rebalancing is more of what I just mentioned. If there is a unique systematic uh, decision uh, by the fund manager, uh, and that's basically either done through the quarter or once a quarter, or even if we take eToro's smart portfolio, right? I mean, we do rebalancing based on the strategy we built for this portfolio. uh, And this is the process
0: yeah yeah just just a quick side question i mean we do a course every quarter which people can find on the Etoro yeah. academy uh and we one of the things we talk about and we start lot, one soon so. we start one very soon and one thing we're going to talk about <laughs> in that course but also the previous ones is the importance of investors having patience Uh, and i really liked what you said at the beginning of the episode about how it's a year it's 31st of december i don't care what happens in 10 days i don't care what happens in three weeks and i think that's an important point isn't it for those retail investors that are starting out if you've got your portfolio you you don't really want to be making changes every few weeks just because a share price has gone higher or lower just on a blip do you
1: yeah definitely i I mean. First, I truly believe that every portfolio should have a strategy, right? I mean, if you decide that you're 60-40 or if you Mm -hmm. decide that you're, um, you know, you're having, for example, crypto, 5% of your portfolio. So it it really depends on you and the risk appetite you have. Because let's, I I will use the crypto, it's a very volatile uh, type of asset. Or, you know what, even if we'll talk about currencies right and if you have it 5% and now it's up i don't know 100% and it becomes 10% you need to understand that your portfolio is going to be more volatile yeah so it's really up to your uh uh risk appetite or or i would say psychology as uh, appetite of you know dealing with volatility um it can be also the the period of time when or or, or what's your age if you decide that you want to be more towards bonds or you want to be more uh, less risk averse to to this type of uh, more volatile asset Um, and some of people can decide just to go through etf so it's really important to have your strategy and not change your strategy every day or every second day right i mean strategy needs to be a long-term thinking Uh, Because you can't, I don't know, every week do the changes. So if you look at rebalancing, you do rebalance for your current strategy. But if you decide to change the strategy, I mean, really meaningfully, no way. (laughs) It did like uh, fireworks. (laughs) Wait. Wait. So, if you want to change the strategy like literally doing the change of the strategy from its roots of eighty twenty to fifty fifty, this is something meaningfully you need to consider as a long term uh, uh, type of trading right um, because if you start playing in the short term, going to fifty fifty going eighty twenty it's not a strategy it's just trying everything you can in order to generate some You know, return and what I've seen, and I, I, I've seen in my life many uh, fund managers. I always told them that the cancer of the manager is that they always flip, just like a snake. You know, if something is going down, they get stressed and they're doing a foolish mistakes and start changing the strategy. But you know, it's going down and down and down and that's it. They shut down the, the, the fund. So it's really, really important to have a strategy, to follow the strategy and to rebalance according to the strategy, but not rebalance and changing the whole strategy. Uh, and if you may, Sam, you coming from the trading world is like the journaling. I remember you spoke about it a lot. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a journal in, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So you really need to be prepared to those type of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. As they say, patience is a virtue. Uh, I mean, it really is when it comes yeah, to investing uh, In 2023... And, and you know what? With the
1: wording of the patient, it's also important you just mentioned that because you also need to be patient for the time you set for, yeah. to, to check your strategy. So let's say if you build a strategy in January and you said, okay, I'm going to give it a year, wait for 31st of December. Yeah, Don't yeah. change. Don't uh, 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 you know, freak out. Let it go. Even use a demo portfolio. Don't use yeah, yeah. real money, but at least make
0: the right decision. This is extremely important for your success. Yeah. People got to understand markets do move. There are going to be days. there are going to be weeks, yeah. months where the price goes against you. And it's having the patience, trusting your plan. Admittedly, having experience helps with that. But we're speaking from a position of experience here. In 2023, Matty, you saw companies like Tesla. Nvidia, Meta, all put in monster size returns. Seriously, it was an incredible year, which for investors like yourself in Meta was great news. Um, however, what does this lead to? Because the weightings in different people's portfolios would have changed a lot because of those returns. So what, what do they do? What would they think? So that's uh, actually the point that, did you let it go
1: all the way up without touching the position Mm -hmm. and then it can become magnitude of your portfolio or your strategy was okay as long as it's going above threshold i'm trimming it obviously i'm I, i would like to expect people to do it because of valuation and risk adjusted return and not because just the fact that the price is up but let's assume people do uh, uh, take the, the the real and the right approach of risk-return decision, so they probably wouldn't let it be that large. But you know what? Let's assume someone did let it be that large. That's a good time of thinking, just like I mentioned in the beginning. You know, rethink about your uh, position. Uh, the fact that you have 200% gain so you sort of have the gain and okay, if it will go down, I would still have a gain. This is not a game of investing. The game of investing is purely price versus the value of the business. So you always constantly need to understand that, especially when
0: it becomes a big magnitude of your portfolio. Yeah. yeah. What what, are your thoughts on, on different strategies when it comes to rebalancing? Uh, I guess from a sort of retail point of view you know whether that be someone says I'm going to buy and hold or maybe a more active approach I mean do you think there's one answer for that or do you think it completely depends on the person's risk appetite their age for example
1: yeah so so it's like what we spoke about you know deciding your type of your portfolio and rebalancing accordingly to it Uh, I think you just answered it Definitely. Yeah. It's the person, personality from perspective of dealing with volatility. Uh, what's your goals, right? I mean, maybe your goal is, is getting some uh, extra uh, passive income like dividend. So you mm-hmm. would build a portfolio of dividend. Maybe you would say, you know what, uh, now that I'm age 40 and the uh, interest rate ETFs uh, on bond, risk-free so-called uh, the government uh, US one give you I don't know what is it today 4% uh, 3.5% so you would say you know what I want to allocate more capital for now 20 years and be more secured about my 4% so it really depends on those questions and not necessarily on playing just because it's the rebalancing period it's some long thinking about What's your strategy goals that are good for you uh, in order to decide? And, you know, what I just said, like uh, at the previous question about, you know, even using the demo. So now that you use the demo and you uh, learned about yourself, how you react to specific things. So maybe now it's the time to uh fine tune the strategy and and put it into work but definitely you need to think about yourself and not just about what will go up and down
0: yeah absolutely i can't stress how important it is to any younger inexperienced retail investors out there you know work out yeah. your your risk appetite how risk averse are you and that might come down to your age uh how much money you have going out you know what your commitments whatever that might be work out what you want obviously we do the course which can help you find that out but you'll know yourself uh, and, yeah, it's and it's really I important for you to do that um I we, did, we talk-
1: by the way you you just when you just talked about it you just remind me i used to speak with a lots of you know friends and thank god i had the good returns when i was managing my fund and my personal portfolio and i'm not the best analyst in the world and I know many even better and way better analysts than I am but they failed in managing money and I mm. was always saying that I truly believe that there are many analysts but not many people that uh do good capital allocation. And this is what rebalance is all about, right? Is the capital allocation. Some people would come to Buffett and say, hey, you have exposure to, I don't know, 50% of your mm. uh, portfolio is in Apple. Well, I think it worked for him pretty well, because he knows what he's doing. He swinged when he felt like it's the right swing, and it contributes meaningfully to his performance. Uh, some other people would, uh, like our CEO, Yoni, would really invest big time on crypto for I don't know how many years and it has thousands of percent. But again, it's all about your strategy. It doesn't necessarily mean which way you go. One can believe in this asset, one can believe in the other asset, but that's the important thing. I mean, the real important thing here is to just go with one strategy, only change it if you need But your rebalance, your capital allocation is the key to success. It's no matter how long you're going to read about things. It's no matter how long you're going to, you know, research things. You know, when we did the research, when someone would send me like 40 page research on an asset, I would say you missed the point. You need in one page to already tell me what's the whole strategy. And if it's a buy, it's a buy. I mean, you know, there is no rocket science uh, at those things. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a very good point. And I, I think we can summarize that by saying people need to be consistent in their approach. They need to be disciplined as well. But you've got to understand yourself. Uh, and obviously, you know, that uh, can help a long way to, to being profitable in the long term, which, of course, is the goal. It's not about being profitable over the next one, two, three months. We want that long term success and growth. And that's when it compounds and can really make a difference. Matty, let's now touch upon some risks. Uh, And some considerations, I mean, tax is obviously something people need to consider when rebalancing, also the fees and transaction costs as well from moving things uh, around. Um, Also, I guess we can talk about emotional biases as well and people that try to time the market. You add all this together and sometimes I guess it can be quite tricky.
1: Yeah, so I would say it's another uh, layers for the strategy. And that's why the strategy is so extremely important to give a thought and uh, write it down and really address each one of the points you just mentioned. You know, how would I react to movement of 30% in my portfolio? How would I react uh, to selling now and need to pay, I don't know, 20% tax, 30% tax. It depends where you're located. Uh, What's my fees, et cetera, et cetera. Personally, just touching on the taxes, um, I would say that I don't think tax should be a reason not to do changes, right? Because if Mm -hmm. something is just up meaningfully and it become expensive, I would pay the tax. That was my trade with uh, the government, right? I mean, they're my secret uh, partner. Uh, so if I did a decision and the decision worked, so I need to pay for my partner. I hate paying to my partner. I'm not (laughs) saying that I would like to do it, but you know, it is what it is. So that's on the one side. On the other side, it is something you need to think about. So I'll explain you what I mean. Let's say that I bought a company and uh, I I bought it at hundred and I think the company should be 500, right? If I sell a company now because it moved up to 400, so and I pay let's say tax 30 percent, so I need to understand that my next trade, I'm starting from 70 from like if I put hundred dollar and now this hundred dollar yeah. I'm paying taxes on at 30 percent, so I'm starting with 70 dollar. So the first next 30 percent I'm gonna gain is just returning the tax. While if I would not touch my trade and it's continue making money, I'm actually getting from my secret partner uh, the money flow for working for me. And I think that's, by the way, one of the reasons that Buffett is sort of the strategy of never selling a a company. Uh, But yeah, when you don't have the problem of Buffett of the cash is growing faster than your ideas, so tax should not be your reason, uh, for not taking profit out of the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final point then. And, uh, I guess this will help, um, people that want to know where they can see their, uh, their portfolios allocations, the weighting. I mean, on eToro, for example, on the portfolio, it shows you, you've got a certain amount of percent in each product. So that, that can help a lot. Um, so that's the note. Uh, but are there any other tools, I guess, that you would use to to help with this? I mean, obviously, you've got the news channels for any rebalancing of individual assets. You've got the eToro platform. Is there anything else when it comes to rebalancing that you would use? Or is it that simple, really?
1: I would really study one
0: important thing.
1: And I recommend it to people because I always look at it so it's the average exposure of the 11 sectors out of the S&P 500. Mm. This can tell you a lot. And I'll tell you why because if I remember correctly, I think in the previous uh, uh decade, the S no, even the previous two decades, I think the tech out of the S&P 500 was maybe 12%. Now it's 20 mm-hmm. something percent, 27%. Wow. So obviously, I need to understand that if 27% represent the S&P today, in order to beat the S&P, those type of companies get a higher multiple. Uh, and I need to understand that, that if I'm not in the tech sector, so I may lack the S&P. Vice versa, if I'm not in the tech sector mm. and the tech sector is down like 2022, I'm going to beat the S&P. So... This is something I would think about. I wouldn't decide, I wouldn't put decision, heavy decision of my trading like that, but I would look at that also on the contrarian side. So let's say now banks, because of the whole crisis we saw in the beginning of the year, become a very small part out of the the S&P 500. Not because the S&P rebalanced and moved them out, but just because the whole sector was down. So for me it was a trigger. You, you remember you and I spoke yeah. about the KRE, the the uh, small banks uh, ETF. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not a recommendation or anything like that. But we were looking at that and we were saying, okay, so now banks become a very small part of the S and P. So maybe the S and P, if it will continue to be like that, when they do the rebalance at the year end, they will cut the exposure a bit to the uh, one sector and increase to the other sector, and that can increase the flows. Uh, also, the institutions, right? I mean, BlackRock, if they decided to have banks as 5%, and now it's down to, I don't know, 2.5%, so they need to rebalance. Uh, so those things you really want to take a look at uh, from a research analogy, not from uh, a yeah. decision taking on your particular portfolio. Your particular portfolio decision is only about value versus price
0: yeah yeah well i think that's really solid advice um and and let us know in the chat if you enjoyed the episode uh and let us know as well if there's anything in particular you would like matty and i to cover please like share subscribe it's all appreciated matty it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you very much thank you sam thank you really happy to be here and uh, until next time take care everyone You have been listening to Digest & Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.